1: Chumba No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Trician expert and of course Long Beach Lenny and myself, your ringmaster, folks. Tune in tomorrow right here on your favorite station. We'll be back then. Have a great evening, everybody.
2: KCAA Loma Linda, ten fifty a.m. One hundred six point five FM, and now one hundred two point three FM. This is Dick from Carpet Masters. Carpet Masters has been serving the Inland Empire for over 60 years. We are locally owned and operated by the Stevens family. We not only clean carpet and furniture, we clean many loose rugs, including Oriental rugs. Oriental rugs are cleaned in our modern facility where the fringes are cleaned by hand, then hung in our modern facility to dry. We do not use steam cleaning to clean your fine furniture. Furniture is cleaned by hand using the same absorption cleaning used in the White House. Some furniture we bring into our plant to clean properly. We normally use two men on each cleaning job using the extraction method. There is nothing that would clean carpet better for our customers. Our job is to clean properly with quality first. Google Carpet Masters San Bernardino and give us a call or go to carpetmasterssoCal.com.
3: Fridge.
0: Nah, I thought you got some.
3: Ah, uh, the game starts in five minutes.
0: And you drank the last beer at midnight on
1: Friday.
3: I wish there was a place that delivered beer.
1: Yes, I'm Captain Crafted. I'm here to bring you beer. That's Captain C R A F T apostrophe D. Why? Because there's no E, just a D, as in deliver, because Captain Crafted delivers.
2: That's right. The Crafted Beer Store in Redlands is now open for business with great prices and deliveries of your favorite beer, wine, spirits, water, ice, and mixers. Did I mention their great prices? That's C R A F T D B E E R Store.com or Fred Crafted Beer Store on Facebook.com. Make it easy. Google Redlands Beer Delivery. Look for crafted beer. Crafted Beer Store
1: in Redlands is now open for
2: beersness.
1: And I'm here to deliver.
2: This segment is sponsored by Tammy Sutherland of Coldwell Banker, Kivit Teeters Realty, where she makes it her business to put happy people in happy homes. It's Tammy Sutherland's passion to list your house and put you in just the right house that you could call home.
0: She made so much extra effort to sell our house and make sure that we understood every step of the way. Tammy always had our best interests at heart.
2: I didn't think we'd ever find a house uh, we loved, but with Tammy's help, we did. Now I get to mow the lawn every weekend. (laughs) But then again, that's why we had kids. Hey, Tyler.
4: Tammy did way more than we ever expected in a real estate agent. Without Tammy, we would
0: still be renting.
2: So if you want your perfect house, contact Tammy Sutherland at Caldwell Banker, Kivett Teeters Realty in Yukaipa, across from Yukaipa High School. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, it's homesbytammy.net or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash realtor Tammy Sutherland at 909-556-2094 for realtor Tammy Sutherland. And we thank her for her support. Locals in Loma Linda and Redlands all know and love the Family Homestyle Cafe, the home of the world's largest pancakes, and the delicious mouth-watering food cooked up daily by their well-trained chefs. Sizzling, thick-cut bacon, ham, and hand-pressed sausage. They take pride in the best quality, great economical values, with better portions served up with the pride of local ownership and great service. Near the corner of Anderson and Redlands Boulevard in Loma Linda, if you haven't tried out Chef Mark's Delights, you haven't had some of the best food in the area and now chef mark is upgrading his cafe and offering space for on-site gatherings luncheons and parties add a dj for a great holiday party or luncheon and you've got a no fuss event with all the bells and whistles call mark today at 909-478-9996 that's 909-478-9996 or stop by the homestyle cafe in loma linda at anderson and redlands boulevard
1: Attention all business owners. Join Seas Candies, Big Lots, Dollar Tree, and the Spunky Steer at the Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands. Availability is now open for restaurants, retail, and more. Located between Alabama and the Tennessee exits where the 10 and the 210 meet, your company can be a part of over 60 retail shops, restaurants, and local businesses. The Tri-City Shopping Center is zoned for multi-use, so call today and schedule an appointment. Ask for Chris Beauchamp or John Jennings, 951-684-4400. The Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands the mall with a heart k c a
5: a
4: Live from the NBC News Radio Broadcasting Studios of KCAA 1050 AM. 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, located in, well, it's not so beautiful today, but Overcast, California. Thanks for tuning in to the Water Zone show. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Starr, along with Mr. Mike Barron, who I call famously Mikeypedia, because he knows everything about irrigation. And together, we're collectively known as Dahl the Water Boys. Boys. Happy New Year, Michael. and Happy, happy New Year to you, and, Rob. And Happy New Year to all our listeners. We appreciate them uh, sticking with us and uh, making the show great. Um, got a good show today um, you heard about the bomb cyclone
3: I did uh, bomb cyclone
4: <laughs> the bomb
3: yeah yeah the, sn- uh, the snow thing yeah in the East Coast yep yeah uh, I've got you know one daughter used to live in Virginia Beach Virginia uh-huh. and uh, that's right on the coast and it's snowing there <laughs> uh, as a result of this uh, weather condition that they're experiencing and m- now she's moved to baltimore of course it's uh, colder there yes uh and uh so she is glad to be in southern california and uh, going to be in laguna beach tonight so uh, uh, did she miss the sailors
4: because well, she lives close to the no the-
3: she uh, promised me that she would <laughs> not hang around sailors good but That's she this. did uh, she did date a uh, fighter pilot for a little bit so uh, you know I-, I was okay he promised to take me up in the uh and the jet fighter provided. You know they were still dating. They, oh. <laughs> that kind of didn't go very far, so I didn't get a chance to ride up there. Uh, but uh,
4: my my nephew, who's is who's a doctor, and he's he's at uh, 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 port, what do you call it the uh, the naval base out there, Newport News. N- n- no, north of there, the big one, Norfolk. Okay. Yeah, uh, he's a uh, a flight. He also a flight surgeon, so he has to fly four hours a month to keep his certification. And he said when he first got in the Naval Academy, they took him up in a plane, and they try to do all kinds of loops and things. He said the pilots do that on purpose because they want to see how how you take it. He didn't do so good. He said he messed the mask up a little bit. (laughs) It was pretty bad.
3: Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'm very sensitive to uh, motion sickness to the point where Universal Studios. I was unable to go on to the uh, Harry Potter boom ride, broomstick <laughs> ride. I, I, I could not make it. So, uh, anyway, I had to sit sit that one out with my little uh, five year old grandson who was too short. He had a good excuse. He was too short. I didn't have a good excuse. Oh. I was in, uh, <laughs> getting too, too dizzy. But uh, anyway, um, no, it is great. Uh, the only thing that's not so great about the new year here in Southern California, of course, is the lack of rain and snow. Yep. Which they, we will talk about uh, in the near future, won't we?
4: Absolutely. We'll we'll have uh, Miss Chris Austin on from Maven Snowbook, she'll talk about the the
3: measurement of the snow level the other day. Well, it's uh, yep, and whether we are on the brink of a new uh, drought phenomenon here in uh, yep. Southern California, so that'll be of uh noteworthy interest to our listeners absolutely anybody wants to call in today
4: please do so the call in numbers are 888-909-1050 or 909-792-5222 well anyway we have a guest from who's in the middle of the bomb cyclone i don't know where they came up with that name but it's everybody everybody now is using it on every every radio and television station sure it's not fake news right it could be it could be Uh, We have a gentleman, his name is Jackson Madnick, and he's the founder and developer of a company called Pearls Premium. And if you remember, we met Ah, him.
3: Ah, yes, I remember him.
4: We met him at a uh, Southern uh, Nevada uh, uh, Smart Innovation Symposium two years ago. Bumped into him again this past October. And he had some pretty interesting uh, product. And um, he had come on the show from from the Southern Nevada Water Show for about three minutes and 'cause we were just going through highlights of the show and he had told us about some stuff. He did send a pack of seeds to me. I tried it. It does work. Uh but there's lots of things you should know about it and how to do it and such. But anyway, wanna bring him on and, and kinda get a little background from him and then we'll get into his product. So uh Jackson, welcome and is it cold where you are now?
5: Oh yeah. Uh thanks for having me on. Uh we have about two feet of snow and forty, fifty mile an hour winds. It's uh it's uh it's really uh White out here. We're having our extreme uh, winter weather, you're having your extreme drought and fires and so the uh, the environment is uh, definitely um, uh, taking some extremes everywhere so it's uh, good to do things that not only save time, money, water but also sequester carbon and lessen global warming which is, you know, part of what I wanted to talk about.
4: Well, we're going to talk about uh, grass tonight. I just want to make sure that everybody knows the grass we're referring to is turf, not the kind that you smoke or, or, not the, or not eat. Not the kind
3: that's became legal here in California on the yes. first of the new year. But uh, yeah, this uh, the whole issue of uh, turf grass and having it be green, lush, and water-conserving at the same time, I think, is oftentimes, it's like... You can't have both. I think a lot of people, a lot of us in California, having been through this four-year drought, um, really got it drummed into our heads that, you know, you can't have green grass and save water at the same time. But I think you might have a little different perspective. Can, mm-hmm.
4: can you tell us a little well, bit about, about, about how Pearl started and how you got into this and, and then bring us up to speed?
5: Well, my uh, mother... Uh, was an environmentalist during the 50s and 60s before this kind of thing was popular. She used to take us to um, the beach or the ocean and talk to us about water that we nearly need to conserve and protect our water resources. So it's been a lifelong thing for me in terms of uh, saving water and protecting water. And um, I did some uh, research um, uh, back in the early, uh, uh, around the year two thousand to see if there was such a thing as a low-water grass and a grass that didn't need chemicals to stay green. And uh, there wasn't anything. So I um, did some research in the Internet. I found um, the four of the smartest PhDs in turf science on the planet asked them to help me. And um, I've been through nine years of college myself, but I know enough to know what I don't know, and uh, I reach out for the best people. And um, they helped me find 130 Grass seeds that were more drought, disease, bug, and salt tolerant. And then we um, narrowed it down to seven special seeds. And then we grew um, thousands and thousands of them in different proportions. And finally, it actually took us five and a half years and about seven and a half thousand trials. And we found one batch we call our aha batch, where the grass was actually growing much slower above the soil and it's putting all its energy into the roots to grow much deeper roots than, than it should. And then we grew a couple thousand um, more trials from that aha batch, uh to go up and down very tiny amounts in the percentages until we perfected the interaction. And in the interaction, it slows, it grows very slow above the soil. It puts all its energy into the roots. It actually grows um, 12-inch roots in three months, and it grows up to four-foot deep roots in a year, as opposed to most grasses, only three- or six-inch roots. So these deep roots have lots of um, amazing benefits. And uh, through, um, through all in all, uh, eight years of initial research and, and eight more years of, uh, of slight improvements to where we're now in a fifth-generation grass, and we've um, had over 300 rave reviews by the experts and won two national and international awards for innovation, and it's the perfect grass for California. I mean, Newsweek magazine did a review of all grass, and they called um, grass the Holy Grail of grass and the solution for California.
3: Wow. So this really was a multi-year initiative that was... Started by your interest in that was really developed in childhood just from the fact that your mother brought you up to be respectful of uh, Mother Nature and particularly in particular uh, water resources.
5: Yep, yep. And, and, uh, I'm sorry, going.
3: and, And, you know, when you talk about these different batches and you've got the aha batch, um, That was after about how much time of experimenting with the different seven seeds?
5: Uh, It was five and a half years and about 7,500 trials to get to that one AHA batch, and then a couple thousand more trials going up and down very tiny amounts in the AHA batch to uh, basically um, perfect the interaction and get the maximum slowness of grass above the soil and deep roots, under the soil, and that it relates to health and water, and saving time, money, and water, and um, and uh, and helping uh, the, the planet and the climate. And actually, the climate uh, interacts with the weather, uh, which is giving us extreme droughts and um, wildfires and and uh, tornadoes and hurricanes like we've never seen before. So. In, in a way, through your grass, you can actually make a major difference in your life to save time, money, and water, and um, and also do your share to um, lessen uh, climate change and extreme weather.
4: Now, when you did these tests, were they done in one specific area? Because obviously, I would think soil and temperature and and all that has has a lot to do with the growing well, process. Well,
5: we- We initially did them in the Northeast, uh, but then once we had our AHA batch, um, we did test lawns all over the country, and it uh, amazingly grows well in all climates, all areas of North America, Canada, Europe, and all over the world in about 20 countries right now.
3: And and would you consider... Or would you call this grass to be green all year long, or does it go into a dormant period in the winter like a uh, warm-season turf grass would?
5: Uh, no, it doesn't. It, it's, um, it's, uh, the grass is more amazing than what we were uh, initially. We were looking for something that just needs less water and didn't need chemicals to stay green. But uh, we found through the deep roots and the slow growth and that most of the seeds are native to North America here before the American Indians. That um, that it stays green year round. It stays green in the super heat of summer and the super cold of winter. So you never have to put down a winter rye or something to stay green when it gets colder. The grass stays green. It's one crop you put it down once, and you have green green lawn year round in spite of heat and cold.
4: No, a lot of people go out and buy. Uh, grass seed, and they have different methodologies for applying it, or prep, you know, like prepping the ground first and such as that, uh, adding mm-hmm. soil amendments. Um, I know when when you plant grass seeds initially, they say to use a um, uh, what do you call it? A, a, a uh, add some phosphorus to that, mm-hmm. and then later down the road, you know, when it, when it starts to mature, then you switch to nitrogen and things like that. Mm-hmm. And how was all of that? You know, you can't just buy a thing of seeds and throw it, or can you? you just throw it on the grass and it's going to do? You, there has to be some preparation, knowing mm-hmm. whether your grass is highly acidic or not. I mean, there's all, all mm-hmm. this other science behind it. How how does yours? Because when I got when I got your bag, I obviously because we're in the business, I I, I did probably a little more than I should, but I wanted mm-hmm. to be sure that I was doing the correct thing by by applying it and prepping the ground and, and everything else that way. But but did I overdo it or?
5: No, no. And, the, you know, having grass, um, two of the, uh, I'll go over the best management practices, simple things you can do to have the best lawn in your neighborhood. And in fact, uh, Bob dealer from, uh, used to be on this old house uh, TV show, has our grass in both of his homes in New England and down in Florida, and loves and raves about our grass. And... Um, But uh, the the most important thing about grass is uh, is picking the right seed, some kind of native deep root seed, and then planting at the right time of year. And uh, the grass that we created um, is a native, non-GMO grass, um, and you can uh, plant uh, in California in terms of time of year in the fall, uh, anytime from um, October, November, up until the end of february so that one of the best times a year to plant in california is right now for the next six weeks that way it's well established before summer and it's far more drought tolerant than any other grass in your neighborhood and uh, and that's if you're in california or you're in very hot states down south or along the gulf in cooler areas up north uh... In a lot of the uh... cooler areas of the country the best time to plant is either early spring or fall when the soil temperature, not the air temperature, soil temperatures are between 50 and 75 degrees Fahrenheit. It's the best time of year to plant. But right now, it's a great time of year to plant in California. And um, people call us all the time asking, you know, uh, what's the best time to plant? So we created a, um, on our website of pearlspremium.com, uh, up in the upper left-hand corner, um, we have a button that says, when can I plant in my area? And when you click on the button, it shows you a national map. It's very accurate. It'll tell you the, the temperature of the soil in your backyard if you zoom in on it. And then there's a color key to tell you that color, what the soil temperature is. And so if the soil temperature is any anything between 50 and 75 degrees Fahrenheit, time to go. And again, I just checked today and all over California it's the perfect soil temperature uh, to plant right now. And, uh, and otherwise, um, you can plant just in the fall, spring of the fall, and then you can actually plant in the summer with a process called hydroseeding. It's when they ground up newspaper and put in a solution with water. You mix in the seeds and they spray it on your lawn. And the wet newspaper around ground-up newspaper around the seeds holds moisture so you can you can plant it at any temperature up to hundred and ten degrees fahrenheit but otherwise if it would um, be just top-spreading it in california it's, it's now uh... when the soil temperature is between um, uh... fifty and seventy five degrees fahrenheit
3: so jackson we i think that's a great explanation of when we can uh... plant the seed uh, can you share with us a little bit of your recommendation about preparing the soil? You know, I'm thinking in my own front yard, there's some areas that are a little thin, you know, a little more mm-hmm. bare than other areas, and um, should I rake that up, uh, wet it down, and then apply the seed and then keep it moist for a certain period of time? Or can you share with us the, the that soil prep and what's sure. the best way sure. to— um, yeah. And, uh,
5: you know, people often ask this, do I have to tear up the lawn? The answer is no. All you do is you cut the grass a little short, as short as you can, and you rake away the clippings or vacuum up the clippings. You know, you can do it or you can have a landscaper do it. Mm -hmm. And um, just because you want to get that stuff off the soil, so you have good contact between the, the new seeds you're putting down in the soil. So you cut it short, rake away the clippings, spread the seed, and a little bit of organic compost, and then just water it. And um, if the soil is very hard, like you stomp on it and it feels like wood or concrete, it's helpful to do something called core aerating.
6: Okay,
5: it's a machine with these pipes that go around a single and a circle, and they pull up little plugs. You may see it on a golf course or on the road. Um, the plugs are about the size of your finger, and um, by uh, pulling out these plugs of soil. And you don't rake them away; just leave them there. Um, the uh, the soil in between the core holes will then expand, close up those holes, and then every particle of soil gets a little space around it for air and water to get in, and um, and uh, fine little roots to get down the ground. It loosens the soil. So if your soil is loose, it's ready to go. But if it's hard, you core aerate, you know, once a year, and. Um, Uh, and that's very, very helpful. It's an easy sort of self-propelled machine. You can rent and do it, or you can have a landscaper come by and do it for you. And then the only other thing that's helpful when you're starting our grass is be mindful of the pH, and and you test the pH, and the pH is the acidity versus alkalinity of the soil. And if the soil is between 6.0 and 7.0 pH, perfect and ready to go if the soil is below 6 use 40 pounds of pellet lime per 1000 square feet and if the soil is higher than 7.0 you use a little bit of, um, of uh, sulfur to bring it down but everything i'm telling you is on the simple instructions on the back of the bag oh okay and well how do, and, how how do, you, uh,
4: how, do you, how do you measure that I mean, the ph well, I mean,
3: so, I know well, from uh, I know uh, from school. Yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> but I'm, I just want to <laughs> make sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, You're talking about, hey, how do yeah. how do I determine the pH of my soil? Yeah, right.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, it, you can just take a take a spoon or trowel, go around to not just one spot because it may not be representative of your yard, but you go around to just three or four random places in the yard, scoop up a little bit of soil from the top three inches, and throw it in the baggie, and you go do three or four uh, different spots in your yard and you put it in the same baggie, you mix it up, and you can bring it to many uh, quality garden centers, and they will test the pH for you for free. And if it's between 6 and 7, it's ready to go. And if it's lower than 6, they'll tell you um, how much and what to use to bring it up. If it's higher than 7, which in some areas of California, your soil or your water is a little bit alkaline you use a little sulfur to bring it down but again everything is on the back of the bag but so you um, most quality garden centers will test the pH for free and if they don't you can buy a pH test kit for between three and four dollars it'll take you two minutes and if you have someone in the third grade or older <laughs> they're kidding they can do the, the test for you it's very very simple and um, and then you can just in two minutes you can determine what your pH is and know whether it's ready to go, or you need to um, uh, spread a little pellet lime to bring it up or a little sulfur to bring the pH down. I would ex- and uh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was going to say, I would expect that you have instructions on the back of your bag of seed, yes. um, yeah. but I wanted to ask you, generally speaking, once you correct for the pH, once we've cut the lawn... We've aerated, core aerated, you know, the the lawn because it is, you know, maybe too hard pack. Mm-hmm. Um, then my question is, once we do put down the seed in the organic compost, is it important to try and keep that organic compost in the freshly laid seed moist 24-7? So we do maybe two or three or four cycles a day, short cycles of of uh, irrigation yeah,
5: at least once or maybe twice. Well, what's the um,
4: german right. what, what's the German nation period? I mean I've I done it with yours, but just for our audience, what do you consider the germination period for for your product?
5: Well well, it'll sprout in about seven days, about one week, and then um, you'll have a gorgeous lawn in one month, nicer than you've ever had before, and it grows very slow so you, this grass you cut it only once every four to six weeks as opposed to cutting other grass once a week. And it will grow um, up to four-foot roots, so it'll need 75% less water. So your water bill will go down by 75%, and you won't have water fines, and uh, you won't, um, you know, during water restrictions, you'll have the greenest lawn in your neighborhood. There's a fellow in um, San Diego with our grass who, um, who was, guilty about uh, watering the lawn. Some of his neighbors were sort of giving him a hard time when he wanted to have a green lawn for his uh, his dogs and, and his children. And um, he, get, he found out about a lot of grass, put it in. Now he, you know, he, in the heat of summer, he waters it once a week to have the greenest lawn in his neighborhood. That's he amazing. The, the grass without guilt. <laughs> I like that. His, his neighbors no longer give him a hard time about is grass now that it's Pearl's premium?
4: No, but bat go ahead.
5: And, and uh, the one thing that that that's important to know is uh, a grass has some very special benefits, and um, uh, amongst them um, that it, you know it outcompetes other grass and weeds without chemicals. So because of the deep roots, um, other grass can't make it. And it, it outcompetes them and it outcompetes most weeds without chemicals. Uh, you mow it only once every four to six weeks. Uh, it takes 75% less water, uh, compared to other grass after it gets established. And, um, it basically pays back, uh, in savings in mowing time and water in only two or three weeks, uh, from the dramatic savings in mowing and water and fertilizer. And, uh, and then you have savings for years to come. And also, because of the deep roots, uh, up to forth with deep roots, it sequesters or pulls carbon out of the air down into the soil and releases it and locks it into the soil uh, to help lessen um, global warming and climate change. So you're doing your part um, to lessen extreme weather, help the Earth, and... Uh, and uh, lessen things uh, like droughts and uh, fires and so on. And the other thing about it is uh, because of the deep roots holding so much water
1: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: It acts as a better fire break than most grass. So it'll actually help protect your home. Um, and uh, there's actually people... In, uh, in an area of the country uh, called uh, Lightning Alley. Uh, a lot of them are using our grass, where it, during the summer they have thousands or tens of thousands of lightning strikes, you know, storms almost every day, and with lots of lightning. And uh, there um, they uh, don't have trees around their houses. They have lots of lightning rods on the houses because uh, they don't want... Um, lightning to hit the trees and then uh the fire to go across the grass and burn the house down so um uh they have to irrigate uh the grass all the time keep it green and make it more of a fire break and there's a number of people there in uh, lightning alley that have our grass because they only have to water it minimally once a week as opposed to every day uh to have an effective fire break so i think in the future, that's going to be more and more of an important thing for California well, with your the, recent fires.
3: And, of course, too, the uh, in the summer in California or any southwest uh, regional area, the cooling effect of that green turf is going to be fantastic in terms of reducing uh, cooling costs from air conditioners. So just oh, yeah. like a tree uh, yeah. can shade a house, so can this green grass that requires 75% less water contribute to reducing co2 production
5: right yeah the outside temperature generally if you have a grass lawn versus concrete or a, a plastic lawn uh, is 20 degrees cooler um at up at your head level it's it can be as much as 50 degrees cooler right at the ground level wow and uh so it'll definitely lessen your uh, your electric bill uh, in you know, on top of you know, lessening your water bill and preventing uh, fines and preventing having to mow. Most people, um, a lot of people in our country, mow their own grass. No one has enough time. So if you can only have to mow it once every four to six weeks, that's a huge benefit. For the, as opposed to mowing every week.
4: Absolutely. And
5: and the other thing is um, because of the deep roots, it outcompetes um, weeds without chemicals. So you have a nicer lush, year-round green grass with very few to no weeds in it, and your neighbors will be saying, wow, what are you doing with your lawn? And, uh, and it, it, uh, the grass is now in over 400,000 lawns all across the country, with over 100,000 of those lawns are all over California in almost every community.
3: Wow, wow. Oh. A great testament to the uh, effectiveness of that, that combination of grass seeds that you've created. Yeah.
4: How do mm-hmm. how do people find out where to buy this, and then I hear you're running some specials?
5: Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you can buy it at most of the whole food markets in, uh, in the Northeast. We're hoping in the next year it'll be in whole food markets all across the country. It's at many quality garden centers all over the U.S. now, and um, in up in Canada— uh, you can buy it from Sun Country Organics. Uh, They're now our distributor for Canada. And, um, and otherwise, you can buy our fifth-generation grass, which is guaranteed to be our fifth-generation grass, if you go to PearlsPremium.com, and that's spelled P-E-A-R-L-S-P-R-E-M-I-U-M.com. And, uh, other people sell our grasses. Some of the people are selling our third or fourth generation grass. If you want to get our most improved and best for California, go to our website, <coughs> pearlspremium.com, to get our fifth generation grass. And, uh, otherwise, you can recommend it to your local garden center to get our grass. They can contact us and get it in in a few days. Um, or you can order on the internet. And um we send it out right away you'll have it in a few days Excellent. and um what whats what right si- what, si-
4: what size bags do they come in because i I had a i consider it a small bag
5: <laughs> yeah it comes in a five pound bag that'll do um five hundred to eight hundred square feet and it comes into twenty um, five pound bags uh that'll do um three to four thousand square feet and um we have a special um uh discount right now uh for uh the the listeners of your show if they when they go to our website pearlspremium dot com they can go to the buy now button and they put in the discount code the water zone T H E W A T E R Z O N E uh, just like the name of your show, The Water Zone, and they get a 20% discount off the grass, which we just uh, just about pay for free shipping, and uh, for um, only the next three days, tonight mm-hmm. through Saturday night. Again, go to pearlspremium.com uh now what happens really when you're snowed in
4: and you can't get the shipment out you extend that out a little bit days i'm just kidding a couple of days <laughs> i'm and, just absolutely. kidding i'm just but kidding well, put the order in well thank uh, you so much for again. that that's a that's a pretty yeah.
3: significant discount i'm going to take advantage of that uh and i'm going to mention it to some friends and i mean it's just pretty phenomenal those deep roots, I think that's what's the key to the success is the Absolutely. those native grass seeds and uh, that combination that you've created. Absolutely, sounds fantastic.
4: So, hey, Jackson, we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. And again, anybody uh, wants to go look that up, it's www.pearlspremium.com. and
3: uh, that'll, and, be, that'll and, be perfect. And Pearl was the was your mother's name, correct?
5: Well, uh, uh, I'm bookended by uh, Pearl. Uh, Pearl was my mother, who's an environmentalist, and also my sixteen-year-old uh, uh, daughter, who's also an environmentalist. Oh, Her excellent! Pearl. So uh, I've got pearls all around, and uh, <laughs> and, um, and you can use this both for lawns, green roofs, green walls, fire breaks, and to hold soil and stop erosion. Which I'm I'm sure for lots of areas of California, where there's no there's no vegetation, it's all burned. Uh, they can just Throw this over the, um, the bare earth and quickly get deep roots to hold everything in place and, and have greenness again.
4: Excellent. And
5: uh, you can lose it along the roads from municipalities or commercial properties. And somebody sent me pictures today um, from Anchorage, Alaska, where they were making sculptures with our grass on it. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to put some pictures of uh, pearl premium lawns, uh, I'll send you some <laughs> pictures you can put on your website.
4: Yeah, I saw. I saw. you yeah, I saw those pictures you sent to me. I was laughing about it. So, well, thanks. Yeah. We got. We got to go up to a break here. We do appreciate it, Jackson, coming on. And again, any of our listeners, they should try this out and uh, check out the website. And uh, anyway, we'll be back in a minute. Thanks for joining us. And uh, stick around. We'll be back in just one
3: minute. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: It's springtime, and folks across the country are excited to get their yards ready so they can get outside and kick back again. And with Scott's and Miracle Grow in your shed, it's easy. Whether you plan to grow spectacular plants and bountiful flowers, or enjoy a thick, healthy lawn all season long, now's the time to get outside and fill. Oh, wait, do you hear that? The sound of great things to come. It's time to fill your shed with Scott's and Miracle Grow. Are you looking for a place to buy your landscape and gardening items? Come visit us at Site 1 Landscape Supply. We offer a large and quality selection of irrigation, landscape, and outdoor living products such as toros, water efficient precision nozzles. Site 1 Landscape Supply has over 30 locations right here in Southern California, and we are the largest national wholesale distributor of landscape supplies in the United States. Site 1's knowledgeable and friendly staff is equipped to help you with all your landscape irrigation and outdoor living projects. Whether you're redoing your backyard into a drought tolerant garden or creating a water-efficient landscape for your client, Site 1 has everything you need including the latest in water-saving technologies, drought tolerant plants for your yard, irrigation supplies, fertilizer and weed control products, landscape accessories, hardscape products, outdoor lighting and much much more. Visit Site1.com to find a store near you or stop by today site one we are stronger together
4: well welcome back to the water zone with mike and rob hope everybody's having a great start to the new year and um, we kind of altered our schedule a little bit. Normally, we have uh, Miss Chris Austin, who's the uh, purveyor of Maven's Notebook, on first. But uh, uh, Jackson is from Boston, and it's three hours different. So, we, out of respect, we we put him on first. And and, and uh, we thank uh, Chris for uh, letting us switch that around. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Happy Happy New Year. Hope you had a great holiday. And I thought you were going to be at Disneyland this week. No, that was last week. Ah.
7: Yes, we do that all the time. And I, and I got to tell you, as parents, um, it's much better to bring your kids to Disneyland as teenagers rather than toddlers because they don't <laughs> go into those meltdowns. And you know what you do when you stand in all those lines is they talk.
6: Yeah. I don't
7: allow my teenagers to bring their headphones. So when we stand in those lines for an hour and a half, two hours, they talk. And I get more talking done with them in those two days than perhaps the rest of the year. <laughs> so my my advice to parents out there is go to, go to Disneyland when your kids are teenagers and do not fear those lines.
3: That is a way to turn, uh, what is it, uh, lemons into lemonade. Yep.
7: <laughs>
3: Very good. Yeah,
7: I discovered this a long time ago. You know, we've been doing this now for six years. We go around christmas time in between usually christmas and new year's and it's busy but it's not it's really not all that bad and man in the summer it's worse and it's 100 degrees so it's much better yeah. in the winter time well i heard
3: that uh a couple of the lands had some pa- a power outage last week so obviously you didn't get caught up in that
7: uh, no we problem. went the day after but uh. they had you know disneyland had a number of malfunctions on their rides that day, but mm. I don't know. You, you get used to it at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have Line so much up. to
3: choose from, and they do a great job of trying to get back uh, everything up online, you know, as quickly as possible, because they don't want to... They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty focused on t- taking care of the customer, I think. Yeah.
7: Oh, they are, and they're really focused on uh, giving you a great experience being there. Like, they really want the kids that are there the little girls and the little boys, to really think that they're princes and princesses. And so if you really think about it, you never see any of the underbelly of Disneyland. Um, You know, you'll never see the, the work yards or whatever. They can't hide the cranes where they're building Star Wars lands, but you can't see any of the construction or any of the stuff going on. It's just... Like invisible to you. No, even it even contrast the, the Six Flags, you go up on their roller coaster and you're like, oh, there's the equipment yard. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, they they there's do, where there's their trash
6: bins. They you
4: know? do they do testing for the audio uh, only at certain times uh, uh, when the part usually in the winter the parks are closed on Monday, so they do a lot of testing on that. And if they have to do any testing during the week, they don't do it past ten o'clock. I mean, they're pretty they're pretty strict. I don't know if I don't know if you were listening in a little bit before you when you called in. We had a gentleman from back. East. He's from a, uh, a, a seed company. And um, we were talking about grass, and, 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 and we we're talking about turf grass. Make sure, again, that we're, we're clear on that. But um, <laughs> one of the things that you, I knew you had in your, uh, your uh, notebook today was what legal marijuana means for water in Western states.
7: Oh, yeah. You know, here, here we go. Here comes cannabis. <laughs> we... we <laughs> You know, I was—I like to remind people that, that in the drought, we really hammered on almonds and and alfalfa and the desert and, and all these things. Although, interestingly, we didn't complain about the grapes. So we were <laughs> pissed about the pop, but we were fine with the grapes, fine with the wine.
6: Yeah.
7: <laughs> but now, boy, when the drought comes in, the next drought, and maybe that will be this year, when we really start arguing about water being used for crops, um, I'm sure we're going to have some inter- interesting arguments with uh, cannabis. But, yeah, there's a lot of water quality issues and water use issues with that, too. I mean, this is a whole new, this is a whole new ball ballgame um, in a lot of ways. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens here.
3: Well, uh, ha- have you read or seen any estimates about total water consumption by cannabis growing? in California yet, or from some of the other states that have legalized uh, marijuana?
7: Um, I I haven't, really. I mean, this is all sort of new and forming here in our state, and actually, you know, just became officially legal just days ago. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think we're all kind of seeing what happens. Um, there's a, a lot of hope that we're going to be able to coax the— uh, people who are growing it illegally in the on the public lands in the mountains and elsewhere that we're going to be able to coax them into you know participating in a legal manner, uh, but not sure that's going to happen yet.
3: Well, and then uh, are they legally withdrawing water from you know rivers or streams or tributaries? And I doubt I doubt that. You know, they drop their pump in and they pull the water, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this sorts itself out because there's a, there's got to be irrigation of the cannabis crop, I would think, and uh, sure. that's... Yeah,
7: there's a lot of indoor operations, uh, and it, I, I think it would be very difficult to grow it out in open land, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I haven't followed the regulations yet, but boy, I mean, avocado farmers have a problem with you know, people stopping on the road and picking an avocado crops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see, you <laughs> like, are we going to see people going and raiding marijuana fields? Or better yet, are we going to see, you know, like you see strawberry stands? Are you going to draw, here you go, fresh, fans, fresh cut
4: marijuana. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just, they just had a big bust here in Riverside uh, about two weeks ago. And they showed this really nice young lady, probably about 35 to 40, and they busted. She had a gigantic warehouse in town, and she was doing it in, internally. Now I don't know anything about growing, growing cannabis and stuff, but I, but somebody had mentioned to me, and I can't quantify. Maybe, maybe somebody here knows about it. That they also use additional chemicals to help grow this thing faster. Oh, and,
7: yeah. Well, a lot of fertilizers and a lot of things. Sure. I mean, but I mean, to be fair, we we you know farmers do that on their crops out in the field as well. Yeah, I don't so know if it's there's anything that's going to contaminate
4: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to contaminate the land or anything or the
7: Well, the big concern is, you know, it is uh, getting them to obey water quality regulations. So, they, the state water board went to work and has come up with uh, water quality regulations and cannabis growing licenses that, you know, an attempt to Bring people in now. Will will this bring the people down from the mountains that are growing illegally? Um, that remains to be seen. I mean, that is really up in Northern California. That's a huge problem. Hmm. Uh, these people uh, with these illegal grows, they're just out in the mountains anywhere, and they they oftentimes booby trap their their grows so that you know to protect them. So you can have people just out there hiking not expecting to come across anything and walk into a, a very dangerous situation. And well, not to mention that they're putting all sorts of chemicals and things around some people in Calaveras County were telling me that they dug a well and then just to make it easier to to put the fertilizer on their crops they dumped their fertilizer into the well.
3: Oh my gosh. Hmm. You know,
7: and and that means it goes into the whole, you know, aquifer at large and and there's nobody testing this or nobody, you know, really out there looking for these types of violations. So it's actually quite serious. And some people, uh, some of the counties in Northern California have actually declared a state of emergency.
3: Over over this issue of uh,
7: of grows in the mountains and on public lands, you know.
4: You would have thought you would have thought somebody would have would have uh recognized all of this, and, and what about manpower to do do these investigations? And, I mean, if they can't do it for what's been going on for years up in the mountains and area, now now they're going to license tons of people.
3: Well, the only thing, I think, is uh, they know they can tax it at the point of sale, and once they start collecting taxes, then they'll have revenues. Now, whether those revenues will go towards enforcement, that's another and subject. And
7: these people that are applying for licenses are, are I'm surely not you know, saying, I'm going to grow up in the Sierra Nevadas on some remote piece of land. I mean, I'm sure they have to declare where they're going to be growing, and I think they're either looking for fields or a, a lot of indoor operations, I think, are what we're going to see.
3: Mm. Well, Chris, I've got to ask you, are we on the precipice of a new drought?
7: Oh, gosh, you know, they they had a snow survey yesterday, and it was Pretty bad. Yep. Uh, You know, dirt in the field that he's supposed to go look at snow stuff for. Uh, Water managers are saying, you know, no No. need to be too worried yet, but if you ask me, I think that last year what might have just been an anomaly, and I think we're going to be headed right back into drought. So I would not be surprised. But again, it's true, you know. Lot so, of wet season to
3: go. So, uh, Governor Brown, you know, will it uh, will it be April first, twenty eighteen, once again when he declares a drought emergency up there? Uh, when the, that's kind of where I'm thinking is there's no snow on the ground. Then he's gonna he's going declare it again.
6: Yeah,
7: I imagine he might declare it earlier than that if the if the season goes poorly. The best thing is that we have uh, a lot of water in our reservoirs. They're all above average, except
3: except Oroville, of course, but.
7: Yes, except for Oroville, and I think that the key here would be that we that we take into consideration that we don't know what next year is going to be, and we don't draw down our reservoirs yeah. as we would in a normal year. I think we need to be conservative, and um,
3: we need to take the responsible road and start conserving now, modestly. Well,
7: yeah, definitely. You know, climate change—whether you believe it human-caused or not, climate change is here and it's in our data. And they can show charts that show that since the year 2000 and actually even prior to that, we're getting more rain, less snow, um, things are changing out on the landscape. And we have to respond to that. Whether or not you think it's human-caused or not, it's happening. And we can't, bury our heads in the sand and pretend it's not. And I think at this point, it doesn't matter what the cause of it is. I think people need to take their blinders off and look at the data. And the data shows that not only is the temperatures rising, but more importantly, the nighttime temperatures are not cooling off like they used to be. And I think, to me, that's the larger story that really goes uncovered. Here in Santa Clarita, just northern l.a county um not this last year but a few years ago when we had the hot summers and the temperature at night did not drop down below 70 out here usually it does usually it gets down into the <coughs> 60s upper 50s and my garden tomatoes did not ripen for six weeks until the nighttime temperatures dropped. now if i'm a farmer with a field of crop that is requiring chill time at night and that chill time doesn't come and the crop does not ripen, I, I don't believe there's a way to fix that. So we've got to start thinking about these things and, and figuring out how we're going to adapt to them because they're most definitely happening. Yeah.
3: I did not realize that the reason that the crop of tomatoes that we planted uh, this past year that didn't develop the way they had in the past two previous years was because it didn't get cold enough at night. I thought it was maybe, and we put enough you know, we put enough amendments into the soil. We didn't, Interesting,
7: huh? I mean, I, we, we were, my husband and I were looking at our tomato plants going, what is up with this? Why do, why are they sitting here green? And we started asking our neighbors and they're going, yeah, my plants are staying green too. And then I started looking at the nighttime temperatures, and I was—I remember reading that the nighttime temperatures are important to tomato plants, and those chill time temperatures at night are important to a lot of crops besides.
3: I Can't wait to go home and impress my wife with my <laughs> newfound knowledge. <laughs> Thanks for that. And by the way, in terms of responding to, you know, this potential new drought condition, the National Resources Defense Council did. Uh, take issue with two cities in uh, Murrieta and Pasadena that they they sued them over the fact that they weren't doing what they were required to do based on the model water efficient landscape ordinance which which was that new projects of a certain size you know had to have water budgets established and had to meet certain maximum water usage uh, limits and they didn't get a warning notice. You know, I think um, it's law. So yeah, I
7: think it's intent to sue. And yeah, there is a there is a state law that says you know you need to either use the state landscape ordinance or adopt your own.
4: Right. You know.
3: And the other thing is that uh, <laughs> NRDC did kind of an interesting uh, study because you know they tracked. The evolution of the model water-efficient landscape ordinance, and they also tracked um, how many cities reported back in uh, 2011 that they had, or 2010 that they had adopted the state ordinance or created their own that would be at least as efficient or water-reducing in their uh, parameters uh, by by modifying the, the 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 ordinance to their local conditions. But in fact, fewer of the cities, fewer of the uh, cities, uh, submitted their reports that said yes. This is this is the agency. This is the department that actually oversees this. This is how we enforce it. And that's what I think NRDC is taking issue with: is that cities are basically saying, "Hey, we're you know that's that's nice that you that you Department of Water Resources and the state of California passed this legislation, but we're kind of ignoring it." <laughs> and and from that standpoint, you know, I think I think it's. Um, Legitimate um, concern that these cities are not uh, applying the or uh, playing by the rules that so many other cities and, are.
7: And there were those, there are those people, and and I can think of one that was from Pasadena, but I would not assign the whole thought to all of Pasadena. Yes, but he was. He, his main concern several years ago, and he was very vocal about it, a blogger, he wrote about it a bunch, was that um, by reducing the amount that people could water their landscapes, that that was going to cause Pasadena land values to drop. And he felt that watering people watering their lands was replenishing the aquifer underneath them, um, I'm not sure how much traction he ever really got with that, but, uh, you know, there, there, are those that, there are those that disagree, um, you know, and, it, you know, it's hard. Uh, you know, I, I, can, I can be glad my husband doesn't listen to the show, so I will tell <laughs> he does not understand this idea that there's not enough water. Yeah. I mean, he just, it, it's like I'm willing to pay for it, I want to use it. Why should anybody tell me that I can't?
3: Well, what he doesn't realize is that the pricing is not as flexible and reactive in water as it is with gasoline. You know, uh, the market would—if if, if water agencies could change water pricing on a daily basis, you know, demand would always you know. equal supply. But oh, yeah. you know, but 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 they're not allowed to do that. So uh, yeah, they'll always have they'll always have that issue.
7: And it's hard for people to contemplate being constrained by a resource. I mean, water is, is just, it's, it's unlimited, isn't it? You turn on your lap, your tap, it always comes out. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it. For We just started groundwater management in this, in just this last few years, but yep. prior to that, you know, groundwater is water, it's money. If you have land and you have groundwater, you can make money. And so people have sunk their wells and they have pumped that groundwater like it doesn't, it's never going to end. And they're surprised when they say, wait a minute, I have to control how much I pump, but this is unlimited. But what in this world is unlimited? What resource do we really have that we can make money off of that Uh, is unlimited? There there was
3: the critical parameter. I was going to say, you know, our respect and admiration for water information from Maven's Notebook, that's unlimited, but but, but you <laughs> yeah, added that extra. Yeah, that is unlimited. Yeah, yep. that's <laughs> unlimited, but you said we gotta be able to make money off of it. <laughs> so yeah. then, then that was the other, <laughs> other caveat. But yeah, just in final comment on this uh, M. Wheelow Model Water Efficient Landscape Ordinance, there are 542 cities and counties in the state of California that are responsible by law for implementing the ordinance. And in 2010, uh, two thirds of all these jurisdictions reported in as they were required. In 2015, in the middle of our biggest drought, guess what? Two thirds of all the jurisdictions did not report. So instead uh, of c- taking a step forward, they took a big step backwards. back. So, so, so we've we've got our work cut out for us, especially if we're on the verge of a you know the next dry. Period. Absolutely. Hey, for our yep.
4: listeners, for all our California listeners and so forth, um, if you want to uh, get the most independent and most trusted source for water news and information every day, you can go subscribe to mavensnotebook.com, and it's tax-deductible if you if you do that. It's a great thing. And uh, – we, we love working with Chris. She's the, the go-to lady on, on news and water, and she's, she's, she has the ear of everybody else, and we want to use her ear to spread that so around. She's <laughs> like a, I don't know
3: what, what, what a neutral pH would be, but she's neut- yeah. neutral on water issues,
6: so you can always get the, the truth. real scoop the and truth. the truth of what's going on from Chris Austin.